So today's discussion is really going to be about it's going to be about audience. Uh, we're going to talk about what are what are the what are some of the considerations we need to keep in mind when we're we're writing. Um, why do we need to keep our, our audience in mind? I'm I'm joined today by Jeanette and Carrie, both first year writing instructors, um, just to to talk about why why audience. And and I guess that's the first question I want to throw out there is, I mean. Why do we need to be concerned with audience at, at all? Well, <laughs> that's a big question. That's why there's, that's why there's silence. That was literally us brainstorming our answer. <laughs> I think when it comes to, cause I always go back to kind of the relationship that, um, you know, kind of rhetoric in general, right? It's message audience speaker, right? Or message audience writer. And it's thinking about how you need to convey that message, given whoever your audience is. So it, it really determines kind of the, the vehicle, if you want to think about it that way. Um, you know, are you going to ride your bike? Are you going to take the car? Are you going to take the train? Depends on how far away it is. Depends on if you're going to be coming back with, you know, multiple groceries or, you know, like you take all those factors into consideration because you have to think about how to get to that destination. So it's how do you reach the people that you're trying to reach? Okay, well, then I have to do this and this and this in order to get there. So I kind of think of it as the mode that you need to take to get uh, that point across. So audience kind of is a is part of that in trying to figure out how to get there, basically. That's a great analogy. Like, so if you think about it, like if I'm going to the store, and I'm going to ride my bike, the bike is like the format, right? Like, so if it's, I, I'm going to write an essay format instead of a, um, you know, an email, right? And then the store being um, a professor, a fellow student, um, my grandma, you know, it's, you know, there's different expectations that audience has that destination. So about it, like, you know, and the logistics of it, right? Like, cause you were talking about the grocery store. So the bike's going to be difficult because you're going to the grocery yeah. store, you know? Yeah. So, but if you have your bike has a basket, then maybe, I don't know. Like, so I feel like when you're talking vehicle, I, I keep thinking of like format and structural choices mm -hmm. and, you know, the shape and form. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, knowing your audience is really going to have an impact on things like, um, uh, form and format and, and genre, which, which is something we should probably be explaining at some point later on. Um, you know, you, the tone, um, it's really important to know what sort of language your, your audience is going to be receptive to. Um, I really don't want to use the word tr trigger cause I, I don't feel like trigger is the right word, but, but understanding that, that your, your audience may be more receptive to some language more than, than something else. For instance, um, if you're working with a, a, a audience that has a traditionally conservative political ideology, you might avoid something like um, you might we avoid using terms like socialized healthcare because uh, it's you know socialized healthcare leads to communism, which leads to you know Marxist ideas, and and they kind of like shut down. They don't listen. Uh, conversely, if you're you're speaking to an audience that has a more liberal mindset, you might be able to say things like socialized healthcare because they're they're all about it and you don't have to sort of hide your rhetoric behind something like uh single payer healthcare. I like to think of it as, you know, the the phrase you 
um, what is it? You attract bees with honey, which is kind of a backwards, I mean, because of course bees don't actually go for that. But anyway, the phrase itself, it's, it's the idea because I always think about like classic arguments or, you know, when you think about like debates, um, you know, especially about real, like you said, kind of triggering issues or kind of really significant, you know, conversations about major, you know, I don't want to throw out like political stuff, but you know what I mean? Like those kind of issues, if you're just, and you see this all the time on like, you know, Facebook comments as you know, you don't persuade anyone by going, well, you're an idiot. <laughs> like you're not going to get them to understand or to listen to your perspective when you're talking down to them, when you're calling them names, when you're being aggressive in your tone, you know, it's all about thinking, how do I get them to actually genuinely listen to what I'm saying? Because I know I am right. And how do I convey that to them without putting them on the defense right away? You know, you want them to be open. You want them to be, you know, willing to listen. And so it's a matter of, I mean, it's kind of tricky to, to reach an audience that, that, um, you know, is kind of willing to take on board whatever point you have, even if they already know that they disagree with it too. So it's kind of one of those things of thinking about, like you said, like thinking about tone, thinking about word choice, you know, all of that is really, really important if you want someone to actually be open and receptive to what it is that you're saying. So you kind of want to attract them with that honey to kind of say, let's have a genuine conversation about this. Um, you know, so I feel like that's kind of the where, where, where we see it most apparent, at least, you know, that, that kind of issue I feel like is pretty clear there. I feel yeah. like that's kind of purpose too, right? Because then if your purpose is to inform partially, not to insult someone, then often that's more neutral um, and not, you know, it, it's like if, if my intent is, you know, in, in speaking and writing, um, is to do this, then, um, like to help, help you understand something, um, then it's, it is going to be more, and I keep saying neutral, but I don't know how to, you know, like it, it's, it's in, it's in the tone, it's in, you know, the vocabulary you choose, you know, and so the way you name things matters. I wrote that down and I feel like that's connected to, to something, Bill, and I can't remember what it is. <laughs> It's in one of the readings, I think, or something that I looked at. Um... Yeah, that uh, that reminds me of William Luntz uh, from the YouTube video, uh, pers The Persuaders or, or Persuaders. Uh, and his whole thing is to scientifically uh, like test language. Like he he focus groups it, he workshops it like he he'll bring in the very target audience that his clients want him to to engage with and he'll he'll test the language on them he'll he'll try the text on them he'll see how they react in real time and and at the end of it he he has like the most persuasive rhetoric because it's literally been tested on the target audience and um the whole it matters what you you name things really comes from his work with the the estate tax uh, congress wanted to pass a bill called the estate tax and it was really it was really a tax on a state of a certain value, but but Luntz renamed it in media to the death tax, and that effectively killed the bill. I mean, people people who were sort of untrustworthy of the government felt like they were getting taxed coming and going. They're like, you get me when I'm born and you get me when I'm dead. Like, I'm not having it. And so that language effectively, like, killed the bill. I suppose the, the next question I, I want to ask is, can you think of any other ways in which 
having a clear understanding of audience and purpose affects your writing or has an impact on the decisions that you make when you're writing? It, and I don't know if it's an answer to this question, but when I'm reading something, something's powerful. Like I, I kind of want to look at it from that angle. It's like, it, it can be powerful if the writer has considered that the reader has different attitudes or beliefs or opinions. And, you know, I mean, it's, we can't always know exactly where that reader is going to be, but some acknowledgement of it or some consider some thought, right? Like I, I've written this in such a way that my reader will understand or may understand, or I've, I've thought about what it would be like to read it, you know, or to receive this message, right? Like, so um, I, I feel like that's part of it. I mean, it's part of lots of things we teach when we talk about or talk or teach writing, you know, I mean, it's like, we, we want to be reader friendly. Um, and so you, in doing so, you have to consider what your audience, who, who they are, um, but like, why am I writing, you know? And so I, again, connected in a way that it is, it is just thinking about your reader. I, I don't know that, if, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, I, 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 I try to think of it that way, like in terms of, you know, it may be about being persuasive, but it may just be writing powerfully, you know, you know, and communicating something important. Um, and so, no, no, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're fine. I think, I think I was trying to ask a leading question because I have an idea where I, I think this conversation could go and, and I was just doing a terrible job of it. So that wasn't, that wasn't a great question. Um, but no, you're right. It's, it's difficult to separate the concepts of, of audience and purpose, which is why I think those two things ended up together at the beginning of my lessons plan. Um, I often have trouble separating the two of them myself. The The example that I ended up using in my face-to-face -face classes was to talk about uh, the, the flight manuals that I write. So I write, I'm a technical writer by trade and I write operator's manuals for pilots to operate my company's aircraft. And it, it's a great case of where I can have one audience and, and two entirely different purposes that result in two different documents. So, for instance, our flight manual is it's huge. It's, it's monolithic. It's 1,300 pages, and there's these two sort of like major sections to it. And the first section is theory of operations and, and, and descriptions of the aircraft. And, and the other part is like normal operations. In other words, is how you safely operate the aircraft. And, and even though both sections have the same audience, right? Um, Aircrew are college-educated, so they have a certain reading level. Um, they, they have some general aviation knowledge, so I can use the jargon, you know, flaps, ailerons, propeller, thrust, landing gear, all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to actually writing the manual, it, the purpose seems to be the driving factor, right? Because the audiences in the subject are, are relatively unchanged. So for the theory of ops and the descriptive part of the text, there's just walls and walls of prose. It's just page after page, paragraphs and tables and charts and what have you, uh, all describing all the different systems and subsystems of the aircraft and how those function. But when we get to the actual, like, this is how you safely operate the aircraft, when we get the to the normal procedures, it's very no-nonsense. Uh, it's it's you know, very s brief, simple statements like engine power on, uh, uh, landing gear down, engine ignition switch on. 
and, and we call that a challenge re- response format. Um, you know, here's a challenge, here's the thing you're going to do, and this is how you're going to do it. And, and we get rid of all the extra stuff so that, that there is no confusion, right? So same audience, same subject, but two different purposes, and they result in two completely different documents. That, I love that analogy because I think it also, I mean, it, it translates perfectly for students too because it's, you know, you're, often their audience is going to be their instructor, you know, their professor. And so the audience is essentially going to be the same and that's that they have the same kind of status, um, but their purpose might be different. They may be writing something, you know, that's purely informational. They may be writing something that's argumentative, you know, so even even in that context, you know, they have to think about how that's going to change their writing um, based on what the instructor has requested from them. You know, for this, I want you to write me a thesis driven argument for this. I want you to just, you know, compare these two articles, you know, or something like that or compare contrast. So it's kind of, it forces them to also think about, like you said, like, yes, it's the same reader, but now I've got kind of a different purpose in, you know, in each way that I'm presenting my writing. And so I have to change i have to make changes you know depending on what that is so yeah so i like that analogy you have to yeah okay so i think we're we're getting to the point where we kind of want to wrap up our discussion here uh it's it's been great but uh i kind of want to draw this to a close before we run longer than we intended so i do want to ask one last question which is what is the audience that you imagine for yourself when when you're writing i think for me i um, this is going to sound a little weird, <laughs> but I generally, for most of my writing, I'm usually writing, um, for myself, but like a smarter version of myself. So like, I've almost morphed myself into like this, this weird, you know, creature that's like up on a pedestal that has like five PhDs and, you know, <laughs> and it's like, and so it's like, I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to impress you know, this, this version of myself and kind of showcase my best writing skills within that piece. But at the same time, keeping in mind what I know as a writer myself, right? It's always kind of write what you know. And so it's, you know, I'm, and so I don't want to say anything to this version of myself that's repetitive, that's not necessary. You know, it's like, okay, you already know this, so I can move on to this next point, right? So in a weird way, it's kind of like this, like I said, this version of myself, but I always feel like there's a, there's some sort of instructor element, like in all my writing, I think it's just because we've been in school for so long. So it's now my brain is just like everything I write is going to be looked at by some sort of professor. Um, and so I kind of have that cloud over me, I think all the time, which isn't a bad thing. It's not a dark cloud. It's a very nice, pretty fluffy cloud. Like you know, it just encourages me to to, you know, use stronger words, to go back and revise, to just kind of, you know, to double check myself really. Um, and I feel like that's kind of the most important part is just double checking, you know, going back and making sure it all makes sense, you know? <laughs> I was thinking it, it was interesting because when Bill posed the question, I thought of lots of different things I'm writing. So I think Carrie, I'm with you like when I'm writing academically myself or even when I have to write an email to um, one of you guys <laughs> where I'm like, okay, I, I should probably sound like a smarter version of myself. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I don't, I, I, I do think about, I think with the emails, I do think about who I'm writing to first. Um, so I am thinking about audience, like it's there, it's not like maybe as like front of mine as like what I need to communicate, but 
it's like it's still there you know like in it it's still it, it it comes through more as you were just saying bill like in the revision right like so like when i read through it i'm like wait should i add something to my students about you know hanging in there because it's <laughs> like midterm season and i know they're probably you know like <laughs> like pulling out their hair you know like and so it's like it comes through in that second like pass at it usually um it's there it's just not as prominent as like okay the goal is this right like so it's the equivalent of if you have um a compare and contrast assignment it's like okay no my i'm still i'm focused on like comparing and contrast contrasting and then the audience level or the purpose and like kind of considering all that would come second i don't know mm -hmm. That's true. I actually, I was just thinking about even with my emails too, like when I'm emailing students versus when I'm emailing like other staff members yeah. or faculty, when I email a student, I'm very much like, you know, exclamation points and you've got this and don't worry. And it's okay. You know, like next time you'll do better. You know, like it's all very like optimistic. And then when I'm writing an email, you know, to some staff member faculty, it's very just like, here's the main points because we don't have time and I just got to get there, you know, just, info, info, info done, you know? <laughs> so I feel like it, it even changes in those emails too. That's funny. It's intimidating for sure. I mean, you know, thinking about writing to someone who knows more than you, who's, you know, smarter than you, that is really intimidating, but at the same time, it's also kind of, you know, it's a nice push to, you know, yourself to kind of, okay, do better, you know, <laughs> like live up to the challenge. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a nice little way to just give yourself that, that, you know, extra push that you might need. Well, I think that is just a, a fantastic sort of note to end on there. Uh, a, a great place to sort of wrap up the discussion. Uh, I want to thank Jeanette and Carrie for joining me in this discussion. Uh, and I look forward to uh, all the talks that we're going to have in the future about things like context and um, I don't know, um, discipline versus passion for a writing project, and all that great stuff. So again, uh, thank you all very much for joining us, and uh, I hope you come by and uh, listen to our next episode. Thanks.